Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Radar is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Belgian designer Cédric Chargier is about to celebrate two milestones in his life the 5th anniversary of his brand, and his 40th birthday. Both dates have kind of snuck up on him, and that's because he's the kind of designer who is so incredibly focused on his work that he doesn't pick up on these sort of things. In fact, that's always been the case with Cédric, who studied at the famous Lacombe Fashion School in Belgium and worked on the design teams at Céline during the reign of Marco Kors and perfected his craft alongside Albert Arbaz during his Lanvin years. From there, he became the artistic director of Cacherel before the Italian fashion giant Aefe came knocking at his door, making him a dream offer to back the launch of his own signature brand. Since then, Cedric has built up a name for himself, not only for his beautifully cut garments and attractive graphic designs that make real-world clothing look and feel special, but also in the way in which he approaches the fashion system itself. He presents his menswear and womenswear together has made a conscious decision to only produce two collections a year instead of the endless slog of pre-collection runway shows, capsules, crews, resort collections that have pretty much filled up every waking hour of most modern designers' lives these days. Instead, he gives himself the time to be inspired, to find interesting partnerships to build creative collaborations with, like his new t-shirt team-up with the Fruit of the Loom company, and his choice to show his clothing in a presentation format the buyers and journalists can have an up-close and personal interaction with his work, all underline that Cedric has his own elegant, understated approach to the business of fashion. I cut up with Cedric at his favorite French bistro to talk about his career, the choices that he has made, and why being a fashion designer might not be a lifelong pursuit. First of all, let's talk about the fall-winter collection because you showed men's yeah, and women's yeah, together yeah, in Milan yeah, after in showing a, in New York. Yeah, yeah, completely. So there's been a lot of like re-examining or thinking about how you're going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, at, at that moment, my, my idea was to, to present my first collection during the Men's Fashion Week to introduce and to present my, my women's collection too. Um, I quite like the idea to present both together. Uh, they have real sense for me because they have sense in my, in my uh, creation process too. Um, as you know, it's, I think, the best time, or the right time for the selling too. Mm-hmm. And that's very important for me. So uh, that's why I introduced during the, the Men's Fashion Week. Okay. And then you moved on for your spring-summer collection. You didn't do a fashion show at all. You actually went ahead and did a presentation. And what made you decide to skip a fashion yeah, show completely. Yeah, for, for, for the second one, um, I, I keep the time, I keep the, the date. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I want to push the image, so that's why I develop more videos, more picture, because as you know, like uh, the digital takes so much, a huge place, so mm-hmm. that's why um, I decide to move. Okay. And ha- what has the reaction been to this this change? Actually, my, 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 my selling are 
quite good. Okay. So it means that uh, there's a sense to, to, to make this. So no, the reaction was was quite uh, okay because mm. I was more close to the people, more close to the press, more close to the customer. I have time to, to, to talk with everybody. And uh, yeah, that's, that's my feeling. And you did a partnership with Fruit of the Loom. This is, is this your first collaboration? It's the first collaboration, yeah. Just and what made you decide to, they were the one you wanted to do it with? Yeah, like just, I, I want to make some t-shirts, uh -huh. like real ones. So more than to trying to, to, develop, by my, to develop by myself and to, to make in Italy or another place, I say why not to, 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 to talk and to ask to, to the most, one of the most important uh, brands. So okay. uh, we decide to, to call Fred of the Loom and we have a, a first meeting and a second one. And uh, that's the beginning of the experience. Uh -huh. So I was going to New York and, uh, and in, my, in my head, um, it was normally for one shot, uh -huh. but uh, immediately, uh, we, we we decide to to make a long collaboration, so it's for two years. So oh, it really? Was to, it was like yeah, to introduce. Okay. Introduce. And so then, how did you make the classic Fruit of the Loom T-shirt your own? Something that's yeah, Cedric. I, yeah, I, I I made like uh, four models, four mm -hmm. styles, and um, I decide to rework on on the classic one. So the one with the pocket one. I made another one with the with the print, and I play with the logo of Freedom Loom, and mm -hmm. I, I cut the logo, and I play mm -hmm. with this. Um, another one was about stripe, so I take all the, the color palettes that I develop for the T-shirt, and I and I um, yeah assembled uh, yeah, yeah uh, all together as a new stripe. So it's not a print stripe; it's a real stripe. And um, and the last one is a destructuré T-shirt. So I take a, a S size plus. Uh, a large size, mm -hmm. cut it in, in, in two parts. Put them together. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit, you know, so, you're, you're a closed book. So I come from Belgium. Yes, that um, I knew. I come from the landscape and uh, I decided to, to study it when I was 18. Uh, I was like completely passionate by horse mm -hmm. and I make uh, jumping like till my 18 and after I decided to move to fashion and I begin my school. Um, it was quite a quick time in Brussels, only two years and a half, because mm -hmm. um, I win um, a competition. It was the Concours des Jeunes Créateurs Belges at mm -hmm. that time. And um, it was organized by LVMH at that moment. Before it became the famous LVMH Prize, yes. So I win the first prize and um, I was introduced to Michael Kors at Céline at that time. So it was my beginning in Paris. You spent time with Michael Kors and then Chapel Nut and then uh, and then at Lanvin with Albert. Can you talk a little bit about working with those three different men and what you learned yeah, took well, away from it, each it, of them? It was completely different. When I was, oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, working with, with Michael Kors, I was um, more in the accessories part. Mm -hmm. When he was at Céline, yeah. yeah. Um, so for me it was to discover all uh, huge brand I'm working it was my first experience huge house and um, I was 21 at that time so it was quite impressing yeah and Michael is a really incredible uh, creator mm -hmm. I can say um, I've discovered all American creators are working mm -hmm. it was completely different from my Belgian background as you can how is imagine. it different how is he different 
because of because of because of the culture, because of the history, because of of of, all of the past. You know, in Belgium we have no fashion past. My dream at that time was to to working for for Yves Saint Laurent, mm-hmm. but at that time Yves was top it. Yeah. So I told me that Jean Paul, as the first assistant in the past, yeah. maybe can learn me something. As a Belgian guy, he was like I was quite more close to him, and um, it was really interesting. He, he really. Um, learned me how to drape, how to play with the fabric, um, what was his um, vision of the minimal at that time, and uh, six years with Albert Albaz. And where were you, where were you, were you with his design team? What was your... Yeah, yeah I was in the design team. Um, I was first in charge of different things, everything that was outside of, of the atelier mm-hmm. during one year. And afterwards, I became the first assistant with another girl. And uh, it was a very great moment at Lambin. Yeah. It was really incredible. It was the moment that we are all working around the table. It was like a kitchen. like, mm-hmm. And it was like a lot of discussion, a lot of blowing, a lot of, of, of fitting. Um, it was my school, actually. Mm-hmm. That was your real school? It was my real school. So and so, you take away from that time with with uh, Albert Baz. What do you? What did you learn? You talked about draping with uh, Jean Paul. Draping and and I think that Albert learned me something really important, really interesting. That to respect the woman, to never forget that woman have a, a soul, woman have a, a face, and you need to 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 see the face more than to see the dress in the first. Mm-hmm. That was really important. And then, then you jump ship and you decide to take over Cacherel. Yeah. How? What made you decide to do that? That was such a big it, it, move. It was coming to me, and, and I take that job at, as an experience because I was not really expert in, in, in the print and mm-hmm. in the colors, mm. and and, uh, and it was the first real job as a first. Correct me if I'm wrong. So there was. There was a big blow up at the end of your time at Cacharel, yeah. right? Yeah. Where you left the company and IFA, which owned Cacharel, yeah. was like, okay. you're nuts for getting rid of him because he's amazing talent and decided to back your own label. Tell me what that experience was like to, to be so validated. With Cacharel, I, I, I met uh, Massimo Ferretti um, from the IFA group and mm-hmm. we decided to, to begin the story. And so for somebody who doesn't know doesn't know your brand, how do you separate yourself out from everybody else? One of my obsession is about the cut. Um, I'm constantly concentrated about the cut. It's really important for me. So that's the first part of, of, of my work and my process. And after, I love to play with colors. So it's, it's all the time about like cut, colors, um, some graphism. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, um, each time I try by art in general it depends sometimes it's it can be music but in general it's usually yeah yeah you seem to be drawn by a piece of art yeah, yeah. and um, I try to I think that I, I make naturally like real clothes mm-hmm. that we can wear I think about clothes for every day for mm-hmm. every moment and um, I think that all that different thing make my my signature and so we're coming up on your five-year anniversary. How does that feel to you? It's 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 incredible because it was yesterday. Honestly, <laughs> it it goes so quick, so quick. But I think that me and my team and I, we we we, we made an evolution. As, as, as I say, so we decide to change the way to present. Uh, now we have the the men's collection. 
and I think that I go more deep and more precise in my in my product. And uh, but I, I like the idea like to to keep um, a human um, speed. Especially in the day and age that we're living in, which is everything is so fast. It seems I think I think it's just maybe you and Dries that are like two collections. That's it. This is all you're because, getting. Because I come back to two collections. Yes, you come back to two collections. It's like it's a conscious choice yeah, that you're making. Completely. Yeah. What but, made you decide that? Because you wanted to to have a, a human pace, but was that the, the main dif- reason? Different thing. Uh, because uh, first of all, it was. Um, personal decision mm-hmm. uh, and I want to have time in between mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the, the, the work charge mm-hmm. but it's the time in between mm-hmm. because I just want to have time for thinking about what is the next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why I decided to come back to two collections next year you're going to be 40 mm-hmm. so you're having a couple of big so five year anniversary you are you freaking you out it's do you, does, is that freaking you out? I mean, I mean, like, yeah. So what? What about the question of what? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, has it? Are you taking stock of your life, or I mean, how is? is are you feeling the that I? Do you feel that coming I, up on you, creeping up on you, the idea of turning forty? I think I feel like, to be honest, like twenty-five inside me. So I don't really think about this. Honestly, I'm sorry, I don't have the right. Answer, no, there's but, no right answer. Age is a but, state of um, mind, in my opinion. No, I think that. Um, in my head, it's it's um, it's it's my time of working. Uh, I, I mean, like I'm completely concentrated about um, about my passion, uh, and I think that I want to make the thing now and in the few years in front of me. After, I'm not sure I want to make that job like till Carnegie till my yeah. the end of my life. Yeah. But uh, so that's why I want to be concentrated at that moment. Okay. For, for my work. Yeah. All right. So then, if you don't want to be like Karl Lagerfeld and you know be in your mid seventies still creating your signature brand, what other passions do you have that that kind of passion or, or maybe come back to 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 something more personal? I mean, like, of course, I was not of course, but sorry, I made some some painting before and some sculpture. I and didn't know that. Something with my hand. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm sure I will come back to this. You're one of these designers that uh, that's very understated. You don't feel the need to be a, a rock star designer out there partying, getting your name in lights and stuff like that. Is that a conscious choice, is, or is that just who you are, or is it? I think it's it's different thing. It's um, it's my nature to be like this, and I mm-hmm. try to be honest with me. So mm-hmm. uh, it's true that I'm not uh, the most. Uh, popular, the most visible designer, but uh, I think that's my way to work. And uh, the most important for me is to that my my brand exists and that uh, my clothes are wear. And have you seen your have you seen your pieces worn in the street by people? And yeah. And what's that been like for you to experience a, like real women wearing your you know clothing? This is the how can I say this in English? Aboutissement. It's the goal. It's the yeah, I, yeah. We can we can say this because we can say that sometimes we can imagine that the show, the fashion show, is is l'aboutissement of your work. Yeah. But not. Mm-hmm. It's it's when your clothes arriving in the street. How do you work? What is your work process like? You say you talk about needing the time in between to be creative, and to get those juices flowing again, but. What is your work process like? Are you somebody like Albert told me that he always likes to yeah. have music playing? What is I th- your... I, th- I think that um, it, 
it's important to, to understand that uh, when you are creative, you, you never stop to work. I'm leaving in a few days in holidays, but um, it's holidays mm -hmm. uh, geographically, but it's not because we personally I never stop to think. Mm -hmm. I try it because it's necessary, mm -hmm. but uh, I, in, in, in my head, I never stop to think. Mm -hmm. We are. I, I am all the time on another collection, the mm -hmm. next one, and um, sometimes we are talking about what about like um, La Page Blanche mm -hmm. or. And you need to, to learn about this. You need to you need to wait that the right moment is arrive. Sometimes when the um, inspiration is, is is not there, you can work on other things, on your research, or uh, on other things that can can take less your your mind. Um, but it's all the time um, a creative process, process, completely. That's why my food is my curiosity, and that's why it's really important to try it. To have like a lot of um, injection of, of, of um, sensation. Yes, stimulus. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's my process. So you said that you are an artist that you like drawing and, and sculpting and things like that. What is it about fashion and designing clothing per se that excites you so much? I think that have different person in my in my family that uh, give me part of that taste but it's not for the totality one of my grandmother uh, was making some embroidery uh, another one was making some hat um, I think that in, in my child moment uh, it was like quite close to me but I remember on the television I saw one um, interview mm -hmm. of different important person and I discovered the, the fashion world, and um, it was shining in my eyes. Really? Okay. And I remember I was 14, and I told me that life can be very hard in, in general, or sometimes. And personally, I don't have like a very hard moment in my child moment, but I, I feel that sometimes like life can be very cruel or mm -hmm. more than this. And I think that the fashion world at, at that moment was something for me as not as a dream, but as a, a way to live. In your mind's eye, who is the Citic Charlier woman or man? Both. Uh, for both, like for women and men, I, I don't specifically work for uh, a type of guy or a type of woman. I prefer to think about different moments uh, precisely because after for me that my customer choose the close and choose the right moment. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to say about like high brown or specific guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I like that answer very much. It's, actually. it's more about moment for me. Like picking a, something for a moment. Okay. So these are the five generic fashion questions. And the first one is, who is your favorite designer, living or dead? Cristobal Balenciaga. What is one piece of clothing that a woman should really invest money in? Coat. A good coat. Okay. What is the fashion trend, a fashion trend that you will never follow? First of all, never say never. Gothic um, <laughs> one. What is your most treasured piece of clothing that you own? My white t-shirt. Your white t-shirt? From just your white t-shirt okay interesting okay final question what do you love most about fashion um, in the process 
when you work with your team, mm -hmm. they have a lot of exchange. And that's one of, one of the best moments, I think, because I think that uh, it's a gift from life, it's the exchange from the other person. That's a beautiful answer. Cédric, thank you so much for speaking no, today. I really to appreciate you. it. Thank you. Merci. Don't want to miss an episode of Fashion Your Seatbelt? No problem. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. No fuss, no muss. Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry. And GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.